0: Hello, I'm Father Ron Shibley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church. This podcast homily for Third Sunday After Easter is the fourth in a series of seven podcast homilies for Easter Day through Sunday After Ascension Day. Listeners may benefit from the AIC seasonal video series, Eastertide, From Resurrection to Ascension which is presented in three episodes, each linked from the digital library page with podcast versions linked from the podcast archive page at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. The series offers a brief history of the evolution of Easter and the traditional method of calculating the date of Easter, plus its effect upon the celebrations of Epiphany and Trinity seasons. Anglican traditions of Easter through Ascension, including the seasonal color and fasting traditions, and commentary on the collect, epistle, and gospel readings for Easter Day, Monday and Easter week, Tuesday and Easter week, all five Sundays after Easter, Ascension Day, and Sunday after Ascension Day in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer. The Collect Epistle and Gospel Readings for Third Sunday After Easter are discussed in Episode 2. The Epistle Reading for Third Sunday After Easter, 1 Peter two eleven 11-17, is St. Peter's Homily on the Christian Virtue of Submission to Lawfully Appointed Civil Authority. In the prayer book version, in the opening verse, St. Peter uses the phrase strangers and pilgrims, which in the New King James text is rendered more correctly as sojourners and pilgrims. Sojourner is an Old Testament phrase, which means one who is not a legal citizen of the land in which he or she resides. For example, Abraham who with the Jewish people was a sojourner in the land of Egypt. Christian interpretation in both the Eastern and Western church traditions is that Christians are always sojourners in the secular world, whether in St. Peter's Day or in our modern times. The underlying theme demonstrated in verses 12, 13, and 14 is the obligation to obey civil authority, mentioning kings and governors. He also counsels against, quote, fleshly lusts, unquote, in verse 12, and warns against, quote, liberty as a cloak for vice, unquote, in verse 16. His sub-message, expressed in verse 12, is to live a life in which one is always ready for, for, quote, the day of visitation, unquote, in verse 12b, which is called day of the Lord in other of St. Peter's writings, which means the second coming at judgment. He points out that men will be held to account under God's law, not civil law. He closes with a terse admonition that reflects both Jesus' instruction to render under Caesar that which is Caesar's, and under God that which is God's, from Matthew 22, verse 21, and his emphasis on the requirement to love God and one another, expressed in Matthew 22, verses 36 to 40, saying in the closing verse, which is verse 17, Honor all people. Love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. The Gospel reading for Third Sunday after Easter is John 16, verses 16 to 22 in which Jesus speaks on the evening of Monday, Thursday of concepts of time which are unique to St. John's Gospel, but which confused the listeners then and still confuses modern ears. When he speaks of a little while and you shall see me no more, he is prophesying both his death upon the cross on Good Friday and the Day of Ascension, the official end of Easter season, in which he would rise to rejoin the Father, by whom he had been sent in the Incarnation. Modern minds, since the Renaissance in the Western Church, tends to think that time is a constant progression along a straight line, in which the distance between two points can be measured in minutes, hours, days, weeks, and years. For much of the world, Afghanistan for example, this phrase is often used with impatient American soldiers where in which the Afghans say, you have watches, we have time. In our modern age we are so accustomed to measuring time in finite increments such as seconds or minutes or months or years that we forget that mechanical clocks were not invented until the 14th and 15th centuries in Western Europe. At the time the Gospels were written, and long before the Old Testament, time was viewed as a series of episodes, or ages, with little or no concern for or understanding of the amount of time, in our sense, That passed between these episodes. When in the Old Testament the writer says when Solomon was old, they did not mean that he was 57 or 67 or 87, just that he was old. Another example is Isaiah's vision of the throne of the Lord in Isaiah 6. In that case, Isaiah does not say, for example, 451 years ago when Uzziah died. He uses instead the concept of episodes, of ever and ever, writing that the vision was in the year King Uzziah died. Earlier in St. John's Gospel, when referring to concepts of time, Jesus had used the Greek word hora, which is usually translated as hour, as in my hour is not yet come. But when Jesus says in our reading from John 16, verses 16 and 19, a little while and you shall not see me, and again a little while shall see me, he uses another Greek word for time, time, mikron, which means an indefinite but short period of time. Had Jesus wished to refer to a specific and measurable piece of time, he would have used the Greek word kahiros. Had he meant a much longer and indefinite time, he would have used ionios, from which we get the modern word eons or perpetuity or eternity. The true meaning of this choice of words is that this a little while may seem long by human standards, but is but a tiny speck in the spectrum of God's time. It is helpful to remember that the scene in John 16 occurs before his arrest, trial, and crucifixion. In other words, the disciples lacked proper context for what he said to them. They were troubled by his lack of specificity, both as to when he would be leaving them and when they would, quote, see him again. Lacking this context, they could not relate the idea to their own individual lives. In verse 16, he tells them that in a little while they will not see him again, but that in another little while they shall see him again. Many church scholars believe that Jesus simply meant to tell them that he would literally they would literally see him again after his resurrection an event which had not yet happened he offers them comfort by telling them that they will suffer a period of quote weeping and lament and predicting that the world will rejoice in his death in verse 20 He offers reassurance that just as the woman in childbirth suffers in the birth, afterward her anguish fades away and joy is born again at the beginning of a new life in the world. At the end of the reading, verse 16, he tells them, though they did not understand what he meant at the time, that the joy for mankind made possible by his propitiatory death upon the cross is a kind of joy which cannot be taken away by any secular authority. Much later, St. Peter would write of the, lively hope of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away. Other AIC resources on topics discussed in this podcast homily for third Sunday after Easter are available at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net with seasonal and Christian education videos linked from the digital library page, Bible study videos from the Bible study page, and podcast versions of all three from the podcast archive page. AIC bookstore publications are available through the virtual bookstore link at the bottom of the home page. From the Christian Education video series, The Lives of the Saints in the first series, episode 4, is focused on St. John, episode 5 on St. Paul, and episode 15 on St. Luke. From the seasonal video series, The Twelve Days of Christmas, the key word for sixth day of Christmas, December 30th, is joy. From our Bible study video series, New Testament Gospels, there is more on Jesus' use of words translated as time in episode 43. From the AIC Bookstore Publications, The Writing Prophets of the Old Testament, the prophet Isaiah is featured in Part 2, Chapter 1, on pages 13 to 20, including the text box Isaiah and Christian Liturgy on page 16. Finally, in Layman's Lexicon, see the entries for Day of the Lord on page 55, Eternal slash Eternity on 67 to 68, Fear of the Lord 76 to 77, Second Coming 202 to 203, Sojourner page 210 and Virtue on 234 to 235. The first closing prayer is a catena of my own composition based upon Psalm 46 verses 1, 7, 8, 9, 10 and 11. The second is the collect for third Sunday after Easter, which Archbishop Cranmer adapted for the 1549 Book of Common Prayer from the Leonine Sacramentary, making this the oldest collect in the Book of Common Prayer. God is our hope and strength, a very present help in trouble. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. O come hither, and behold the works of the Lord, what destruction he hath brought upon the earth. He maketh maketh wars to cease in all the world. He breaketh the bow, nappeth the spear in sunder, and burneth the chariots in the fire. Be still then, and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations, and I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our refuge. Amen. Almighty God, who show us to them that are in error the light of thy truth, to the intent that they may return unto the way of righteousness, Grant unto all those who are are admitted into the fellowship of Christ's religion that they may avoid those things that are contrary to their profession and follow all such things as are agreeable to the same. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and make use of its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net